everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, back with Christian Conway and Jamie Bacon. I am a puddle of sweat and a puddle of nerves. (laughs) I know, right? It's like, are we in Southern California or wherever the galaxy are playing next? Uh, So speaking of our beloved team, they... I guess the way that most are looking at it, they dropped two points and a 2-0 lead, which, to be honest with you, the Galaxy always needed those two goals. I always felt like they were going to concede to uh, against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, this was a, a game where, you know, the, the, the Galaxy are going to look at this game and I, we, we can point to a lot of games this year about, well, if if they miss the playoffs by a point or two points or whatever metric it may be, this is going to be one of those games we point to where, again, the Galaxy don't turn in a complete 90 minutes. That first half, they did exactly what they needed to do, which was they were effective in terms of moving the ball, in terms of forcing Seattle to track ghost runners, and then finishing, which is something they haven't done a lot of this year. They got into dangerous positions. They started putting the ball in the back of the net. Honestly, probably could have had three or four goals in that first half. Kellen Rowe then scores in the 53rd minute. And then we have to talk about that Cabral miss 3-1. Maybe this is a different game at that point, but they allowed Seattle to hang around, which they've allowed a lot of teams to do, and they got punished for it. Now, they got away with it, with, I mean, uh, Dayan scoring an absolute ice-cold penalty in the 90th. But again, it's that question of the Galaxy need to be able to string together 90 minutes in order to be successful, and they really haven't done that this year. And this was another one of those games where we're going to point to it and say, if they'd only been able to turn in a full 90, you know, things could be very different for our season right now. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, this is just a classic case of, of being a one-half team. And usually we're like the second-half team, right? Because we're playing from behind and all of a sudden there's a fire lit under our butts and we're running around like crazy make, making the, the moves we need to make. But this game, I mean, it was... Not perfect, but but pretty good first half, you know. And like idiots in the stands, we all have our hopes so high going into that with that 2-0 lead. And we should know better by now. But this this team has to figure it out. They have to be a complete team. Um, at the very least, they need to be an 80-minute, 75-minute team. They cannot be a 45-minute team. Well, and it's dangerous to play from behind and you know and and against a team like Seattle that even though they haven't had a good run I mean look at the Galaxy had already lost to last place Sporting Kansas City so a team like Seattle is going to punish them like this um that that penalty kick as as glad as I am for it everybody on Twitter and that I could see was big mad about it they didn't even know how that was a penalty and this is where the one time where it's like look the ref made a call that was in our favor but we can't be relying on calls like that like you're saying like in the stands you know there are some of us who are like okay well galaxy need those two uh goals because you know this is what's going to happen and we can't be relying on other teams to save us from from dipping further down in the table and then you know, all of these things are going through your mind as as you're watching this. I mean, to be honest, I really thought we might we might actually have lost this. 
Um, I mean, they, they should have lost it, right? Like, I mean, that, that let's be honest here. That's saying that, but yeah. That, that's one of those, the, the way that penalty was awarded, I, I was confused as what was going on because it was right after a challenge and I was thinking to myself, yeah, that didn't look like a red card that looks you know like a yellow are they or you know are they going to VAR to look at the challenge but then he awards the penalty and I'm like I'm not complaining I'm just really confused right now um and I guess that's maybe one of the problems of the the vantage point from from ACB but look again Jamie you kind of put it they can get away with being a 75 minute or 80 minute team because just as long as they hang on in those 20 minutes and I think you know we'll talk about later in the plot about Catherine and, and that signing, but you know, it's just, they have to, they, they can't hang on in games the way that they hung on for 45 minutes. They can do it for 20. Any team can do that, but man, just the, the way that they, they, they almost looked like they had taken horse tranquilizers at halftime. Like, I mean, they just looked so slow compared to how incisive and fast and attacking they were in that first half. And it, it, how does how does this happen? And I, I understand, you know, Vanny's talked about his frustration with this. Everyone's talked about their frustration with this. I, I just I, I don't know how to g this team into thinking that you know, hey, we got to go ninety minutes. It's it's one of the most baffling things of this season. Well, and and you know, a couple of points to make too, because we got to talk about uh, Pooj coming in. But you know, just the start of that match, right? Like. I mean, you're on a high. Those goals were not just regular goals from Chicharito and, and Vasquez. These are these they were stellar. And a lot of people are arguing, well, did Vasquez even mean to take that? Was that just a lucky shot? Whatever the case, right? Like we're in the back of the net. It, it feels super exciting. And then even the end of that match, and this is where like a three-three draw doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, you know, um, even towards the end, right? There was enough stoppage time for the Galaxy to to make a fourth. And if Costa had made that free kick, I I legit thought, oh wow, the Galaxy would have pulled this off. Like Costa could have, you know, lifted everybody's spirits about him and everything. And it just, you know, it's this three three, which still feels like a loss. And like you're saying, it it honestly should have been a loss. It's like the Galaxy needs some kind of wake up call. Um, and to the the goals that that were just conceded, Kellen Rowe like just completely on his own. Um, Rui Diaz is gonna Rui Diaz, and then Jordan Morris just taps it in. Like it was so crazy, and and maybe that was on Bond, because um, I feel like Bond on the night, and we can blame his new girlfriend. Just kidding. Um, that he just didn't seem on it either. I mean, it was just like. Look, I understand that you can make save after save after save, and there were multiple chances, but why is nobody clearing that in? And then somebody like Jordan Morris literally just walks the ball into the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where our defense was in that second half. I mean, I guess they were off in whatever other game they are in whenever they decide that guys can just run around circles and do whatever they want in our, in our, in our half of the field. But it's just, it, it's beyond frustrating because you want to be hopeful. You want to root for these guys, but it's almost like they're, they're trying to give you every reason not to like them. Like a lot of them. I've I've never seen a team that was, that has been so committed to finding their way out of games rather than necessarily finding their way through games where, you know, 
they, that, that first half is the blueprint. They were tearing Seattle apart on the counterattack. Seattle didn't have an answer for the interchange play three midfield. Vasquez is running the show. And I, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say, I think he meant the shot. I, I'm going to go on record and say that. But then in the second half, it's just, it's slow. It's plotting, you know, Rikwi Pooch, Pooch just, I mean, didn't really do anything. You know, it was just kind of like, a, let's get our feet under us kind of thing. He kind of couldn't, but he, I mean, he was super fast. That was the other thing that was really spectacular about him. And you just, you're watching his potential, right? Um, but the Galaxy just kept trying to play the ball on the right. And that was the most frustrating thing. It does feel like 2017 all over again, where you're just watching them not know what to do with the ball. And they just keep seeing to seeming to try the same plays over and over and over. And it's just like, just stop that. It's not working. Yeah, I mean, they moved the ball so effectively in that first half. And then all of a sudden it's like, you put a limiter on the car in the second half. It just didn't move fast enough. And it's the problem is when you, when you don't move, if you're going to be a team that uses the ball to interchange play, to pull teams apart, you got to move fast. And, you know, they just didn't do that. And if you're going to do that, it's, it's grueling. Yes. But you know, the way that Vanny moves his substitutions, it almost feels like no one on this team should be that tired. And yet it almost looks like every single time they fade out of a game, everyone looks dead to rights. And I'm like, but it's, it's frustrating. And I think they definitely did have the ability to find a fourth. I thought they probably could have. Um, Douglas Costa, if he scores that fourth, then maybe that gets him going, gets his season going, and we're all happy and everyone, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about a red-hot Galaxy team going into the playoffs. I mean, th- this is a missed opportunity. We, we can call it nothing less. They needed three points from this game. Seattle's in trouble. They could have put daylight between them and Seattle. Now that line is getting just that little bit closer and getting that little bit out of touch. I I just think the Galaxy really missed an opportunity here. They're going to need some really gutsy performances coming up uh, and they're going to need to get them fast. And, you know, the the passage of play I point to is Michelle, like you said, that Kellen roll goal. goal, That's a really tough (laughs) string of words to say in the 53rd minute. I mean, the ease with which they just got picked apart. And I understand that, you know, we're dealing with Lodero, we're dealing with Rui Diaz. Kellen Rowe is a talented player in his own right. You have to be very careful of Jordan Morris off the wing. Like, Seattle is still Seattle. They still have talent. They're still dangerous. They still can, you know, be Seattle. That has been maybe the best dynasty of the last decade in MLS. But they haven't been that this year, and the Galaxy were doing a very good job of keeping them at bay. They did not do that in the second half. They allowed Lodero, Rui Diaz, and Jordan Morris to park in zone 13 and just make passes right at the center backs. When Seattle does that and they get their runners moving downhill, good luck. Good luck. Just pray, you know, pray that God just stops everything because there is no way you're stopping them if that's happening. And what did the Galaxy do? They just allowed Ladero to sit in, uh, in zone 13 and just start pinging passes left and right. And the Galaxy defense was just getting pulled apart left and right. Rui Diaz starts hitting space. And then when Rui Diaz is hitting space, bad things tend to happen. And bad things started to happen. Uh, so, you know, thankfully they got out of there with a point. I'll take a point any day of the week. But it, it, it feels like the gif I tweeted out of kind of from Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, where it's just like, eh, like that's kind of how I felt about this game. Like, I didn't really know what to take away from this because it was so, it, it swung so aggressively in the 90 minutes between, okay, here we go. This is a Galaxy team that is starting to get it together, that is starting to understand how to play. They're getting hot at the right time. You know, I remember MLS, you know, or a Seattle MLS Cup, Seattle's first MLS Cup victory. You know, they were bottom of the table by like 
two thirds of the season, they won like seven games in a row. And then all of a sudden they're in the playoffs running hot and they win MLS cup. That's what I thought we were kind of looking at here. And now I'm thinking, I just don't want it to come down to decision day because I can't deal with that again. Well, especially because decision day is going to be in Houston and we all know how we do against Houston on decision day. You should never have a decision day. You should never be in a position where all the stars have to align and you have to win that one game because you had all season to get those points. I mean, even if we had more draws throughout the season than we do now, we'd be in a better spot. It's just those straight up embarrassing losses through that big middle section of the season where the galaxy have just out galaxied themselves right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Michelle. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that's just the perfect way to put it. You know, Corral actually wasn't even bad in that first half, but he needs to put those chances away. So, you, you know, you get the three, one, like it's just, it is, it's, it's, they're their own worst enemies and they're, they're the reason that they're in the place that they're in. And, you know, we're actually lucky to even be in seventh place right now um, because of how other games panned out. And yeah, you're right. It is looking like it is coming down to decision day. Go ahead, Christian. I think uh, I would refer anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you have a spare 10, 15 minutes, uh, Matt Doyle's column uh, about this game, the paragraph that he spares about the galaxy in it is really, really illuminating in the sense that he talks a lot about Kevin Cabral and he talks a lot about how there was a lot of moments in that game where, yes, I agree with you. He was fantastic in the first half, but he looked scared. And that's, you, you, I feel for him because it almost feels like the kid is broken, right? You know, so many missed chances, the media pressure. I know players say they don't look at social media. That's a lie. Everyone looks at social media. It's the unfortunate curse of our age. He's definitely got to be looking and seeing the, what Galaxy fans are saying. I I feel for the kid because he looks broken mentally. And I hope that, you know, Someone picks him up by the collar and says, hey, you know, you, we still think you have value, but that moment I think is, is, is gone for this season. So I think they need to figure out a way to work around that lack of confidence. I think that that miss uh, in the second half to make it 3-1, that is a microcosm of a player that just clearly has no confidence or faith in himself to make those kind of chances. And when you don't have that confidence or that faith, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You're always going to miss those type of chances. So, you know, hopefully he can get his head right. Uh, and because he could really be a big part of a push towards the playoffs. But again, on the night against Seattle, I mean, this was just such a blown opportunity, especially being up 2-0 at halftime. It's almost like, I mean, yes, I know we all talk about, and I say we all as like Galaxy Twitter as a whole, wanting to be rid of him, sell him, sell him, open up that DP spot, all that stuff. And as much as we want him gone, it honestly almost might be better for him to start with a clean slate somewhere else, you know, just have that fresh start where all of this isn't weighing on him, where the same fans day in and day out aren't out there booing him and and, and just talking trash all over the internet and whatever. I just don't really see any other way around it for him. Yeah, I think this is one of those those rare times where a move benefits both parties. And I, and I agree with you, Jamie. I think just anywhere new for him would be the biggest thing, you know, just to give him some some hope, uh, send him back to France and maybe have him play in the second division or 
even send him on loan if you want to keep the asset. You know, it's like a loan deal to a second division side in France or or you know somewhere where he can just get reps and get goals and and see the ball in the back of the net would be would do him a lot of good. Uh, I I think you know it's Jamie. You talked a, a, a little bit ago about disappointment and how every game has had there is there's been no complete performances and I think you know it's I agree with you that it, it this this these we, we're having too many of these kind of games and I I just think work and I also agree with your point that it, we we being the royal we in terms of the galaxy shouldn't have decision day in the sense of a club of our stature has to be above that moment for a club like say Cincinnati or I don't know Minnesota or I, whoever you want to throw in there, San Jose or or whatever, you know, for them, maybe it's a different story because of their relative uh, pasts in MLS. But for the Galaxy, what has been going on right now is it, it's been difficult to swallow. And and I think the, the frustrations kind of boiled over a little bit in every interaction. I mean, I know there was people that were wearing Klein out shirts to the, the Galaxy event and you know, I, I think the writing is on the wall for a lot of this front office that, hey, if, if we don't perform this year, then there is a lot of pressure. So I think there's, I think the pro, <laughs> the solution is almost, the solution to the problem are almost the same thing, which is to say that there's so much tension in the club. And I think that's translating to on the field right now. And so how, like, you can't necessarily solve that tension right now because you have what, seven, eight games left to do so would be to basically to commit suicide on this season. But again, there is a ton of tension. And so it's 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 difficult to to manage. And it's I think there's a lot of people who at any level at the club are looking at the next seven games with bated breath in the sense of, am I going to have a job come December first? Well, we've really been hanging our hopes, haven't we? We've been hanging our hopes on Cabral. We I don't know, think that the subs sometimes are gonna be better. Um, we keep hoping that like, you know, Nashville's not going to win and all this stuff. And then of course the games turn, turn the other way. Right. So, um, but to your point, I mean, how many, like how many clubs have made signings that on paper look so good, right? We talk about the galaxy are known for that too. Right. We talk about Kevin Cabral promising a young talent out of France. A lot of European clubs wanted him. Douglas Costa, yeah, he was having a rough time at Grêmio, but the pedigree is there. Just, and this is, you know, since 2017, they've struck out on every major signing they've made outside of Dan Jovalich. I mean, Chicharito's worked, but he's been injured a lot. They just, they keep striking out on signings where I sit there and I'm like, this makes a ton of sense. Like, yes, this is a good signing. And then they put on the crest and it's complete and total failure. It is the oddest thing. And it's, I, I don't know how to explain it, right? You you look at this and, man, this should work, but it never seems to work. Listen, Bruce Arena's New England is going to be coming in hot, and I really am worried now. Um, you know, like you said, the Galaxy have have only seven games, uh, you know, to to make this happen. And, and frankly, the way that this team's going, I don't want Vanny to lose lose his job. Um, but I just don't see how this team is going to really get it together. Well, we all know that Vanny's going to be the first scapegoat, even though a lot of this is completely out of his control. Um, 
it's been years and years and years. I mean, we've talked about this so many times on the podcast, firing a coach every single year and getting a new coach for your new rebuild is never going to rebuild your team. The problem is the person or persons who keep firing the coaches yet that person will likely still get an extension, even if we miss the playoffs. Well, let's briefly delve into some positivity here because we're kind of known for that here. And I will, I'm recording another podcast after this, so I don't want to be in an entirely bad mood. Well, I am just going to interject and say, you know, I did look and see New England is sitting in eighth place. So maybe the Galaxy actually have a chance. Yeah. And I mean, we know Bruce Arena. We know what it's going to be. We know all about that. Um, look. The time for Bruce Ball, though. You got to remember that. Yeah. 21 points left on the table. The West is, as I've said multiple times, is a bar fight. 21 points available. They can... They, they can drop two games and they'll be fine, you know, but it's a question of, can they win the, those five games? I think this road trip is brutal. I mean, you look at new England, which is, I think they haven't lost in 10 straight home games. Uh, so that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, sorry, excuse me, nine straight home games, four wins, uh, five draws. Uh, they've only lost four of their last 30 regular season home matches dating back to November, 2020. Uh, but then they go to, and, and they lost last week in Montreal I wouldn't look at that data point too tightly because a lot of players couldn't go due to injury or um, Canadian travel restrictions with regards to COVID vaccination. Uh, But then they have to go to Toronto. And if you've seen Toronto over the past couple of weeks, Hey, guess what guys? Insignia is pretty good. Uh, Who knew? So that's going to be a tough test. If they can get through one of those two, three points, I think is a successful road trip, right? They, They come back. The feeling's a little bit better. Maybe the the long faces in the clubhouse, you know, start to get a little bit brighter. They have a couple of winnable home games coming up. They could make a run here. Now, the other bit of positivity I'd say is on decision day, having Houston. In previous years, I'm going to knock on wood. Maybe that's a little bit more of a difficult proposition. Houston's out to sea right now. I mean, they are legitimately out to sea. Uh, so I, I think it, it's, it's, it's not over. If they had one, on what was it Saturday, Friday night, excuse me, I would have been coming onto this podcast, screaming from the rooftops or in the playoffs. Let's go. They can do it. And thank God they didn't lose. Cause if they had lost, I would be coming to this podcast saying, forget the playoffs. Let's start working on next year. Book it. It's just, it's going to take some incredible resolve from this group. They're going to have to dig deep. And if there's one coach that's actually really good at getting teams to dig deep and figure it out. It's great Vanny. And, you know, you look at his Toronto teams. I mean, they weren't anything special, but they figured out how to get out of situations. If he can pull some of that magic, the galaxy get in the playoffs, Chicha and Dan get hot at the right time. You know, they could do some damage. Do I think they're MLS cup champions? Elect? Heck no, 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 not even close, but they could do some damage. And I think it's just a question of getting maybe three. If they can get four points out of this road trip, I'm over the moon. Uh, it's going to be difficult. I mean, obviously we go to two very tough places to play, but if they can do it, then I think everyone can sit down, take a deep breath and say, okay, you know, everything's a little bit better now. Everything might be okay. Yeah. I think, you know, you're right about Vanny and, and, you know, that's why to Michelle's point, we don't want to see him lose his job because I think he is the guy for this. I think he is the guy that can, 
bring this club back to something special. But I just don't think the players care. Like, I honestly don't. I'm sick of every week the same exact speech from Chicharito. Oh, we need to do better. Oh, we need to do better. Yeah, we know. But, like, when are you actually going to do better? When are you going to look like your heart is in this and that you care about what you're you're playing for? I think they're... I think there is some, to that point, I think there is some fracturing in the locker room, but I think Chicharito rightly is not going to air that dirty laundry. That's, I think. Of course not. Of course not. But Um, just don't say anything anymore. Like it's, it's just, it's becoming something the fans can't believe in anymore. Well, I think oddly enough, I would, I would think if they clear house in the front office, you know, a new president's going to want his guy and Vanny is kind of the unfortunate, um, the unfortunate person that's going to have to, in terms of this off season, because I think we all can be in agreement that there's going to be some shifting, right? That, that, that unless short of winning MLS cup, you know, like winning every game in the playoffs, five nil, there's going to be some shifting. And if that happens, unfortunately, I think Vanny is going to be the one that gets kind of shafted here where, you know, they bring in a new president, new head of soccer operations, whatever you want to call the role. And then, you know, that guy wants, or, or, or that person, because guy or girl, wants their coach. And so therefore, you know, Vanny, unfortunately, is too much of a hallmark of the old regime. He has to go. I would feel very bad for Vanny in that case, because I can imagine the first, he's, he will find ESPN and give a very detailed interview about how badly the Galaxy shafted him over. But I, I, I hope he survives, because I really do think he's the guy. I agree with you. I just, I think the writing's on the wall here. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we're talking about the team not looking like they have heart, there are players on the team that that look like they care. I mean, we, I mean, I, I contend, uh, you know, Grant Sear is a really great teacher, though. I know we're so sick of hearing the same message over and over, but he does show, you know, that that he is the captain. And then you have um, uh, Victor Vasquez, who we were who we were saying, like. The goal was pure gold. Uh, we love him as a player. It's just his body, you know, uh, understandably so can't can't keep up. So, you know, I mean, no matter what happens in any of these games, I mean, I know we're recording about everything that happens. Yeah, I, mean, it, I think Christian's a little more optimistic than I am about there being a shift. I just. I don't see AEG really doing anything about it. Um, it's been a long time and, and we're never getting better and Klein isn't going anywhere. I, I, I'm, I don't know if optimistic about it is the right word. I think it's, it's almost, it has to happen that, you know, AEG is going to see the financial numbers start to go. And, and then at that point they have to make a move. Um, so I think, I, I don't know if it's optimism. I think it's just, the the metrics here all indicate to me that there's going to have to be some movement and you know i wish it wasn't that that i wish we had owners that seem to be a little bit more hungry and a little bit more uh present in terms of the the operations of the galaxy but i i I do think that there there will be some movement um even if it's not chris klein but i think some other people in the front office will get shifted on um there's always natural turnover but yeah i mean again if they can get four points out of this road trip this this conversation kind of maybe takes a different timber, but that's the that's the most important thing at this point. I, I mean, I feel really bad for Pooj, who's young and and came into this, and that was his debut. Um, you know, obviously, I think he deserves better. I I see. I just we we want to be able to see all that 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 he's capable of, and then uh, 
they just signed uh, Uruguayan uh, Cacadas. Is that how you say his name? And then the GAM that they got a ton of money from Chicago. So, I mean, I know that we aren't able to do anything about higher ups, but I mean, are those ringing at least those two things looking like there might be something to work with? So I've, I've followed Cáceres' career for a very long time. Um, I think he's a very good player. Um, I, he was part of a couple of Uruguayan sides that I loved. Uh, look, I mean, he's probably not going to be a starter, 35 years old, but he can play everywhere in the back line. And I think the Galaxy are just looking for experience, looking for depth, and looking for someone who can be a good locker room guy, which, as far as I understand, in terms of the off-field stuff, he checks all those boxes. Again, it doesn't hurt to have the depth, the depth, and it doesn't hurt to have the experience. And I think that's the most important thing here. Uh, I would have liked to see Jalen Neal brought up through the academy for the rest of the season. That's just my personal thing. But clearly, they feel his his development is best at uh, Los Dos, which you know, they, they, there's a reason they get paid the big bucks, and I don't. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this signing. I, it's not a signing that really moves the needle for me in any way, shape, or form. I think it's just a good depth signing. And, um, you know, a guy that's coming out to see the end of his career in the United States. So, I, I mean, that's pretty much all I see it as. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with Jalen Neal, I think if we were definitely out of a playoff spot or we were sitting in a spot like um, one or two so far ahead that, that nothing could touch us, you might see some of the, these kids get more time. Um uh, but I think right now, as the Galaxy are fighting for their lives, taking a chance on on these young guys is not exactly what um, what you know what any coach is really looking to do at the, at the moment. But hopefully, I mean, if if we come out of this road trip and we're we're dead in the water, then I hope maybe some of these kids get to see more playing time. Because what's the point of playing all these other guys anymore? You know. Yeah, I mean, really, really fair points. Um... All right. Well, thank you again for listening. And don't forget to get your Eleazar House magazine if you haven't already for issue three. If you're really hanging in there and you still haven't gotten it, there'll definitely uh, be a bundle that'll be coming out. Um, And please like and subscribe to our Simply Soccer podcast if you don't already. So uh, we really appreciate you giving us this time and, you know, big shout out to the supporters because really on game day uh friday against seattle it was incredible for to hear everybody uh it was very very exciting as always uh supporters keep bringing it and i i can't give enough uh kudos that the atmosphere was electric on friday night it was it was it was really awesome to see so hopefully if they can get us over the line us supporters can drag the team over the line (laughs) carry them on our backs why don't we that's what we do (laughs) 